Welcome to the podcast, Let the Prophet Speak. This is Isaiah Ishayahu, introduction to chapter 53. Chapter 53 is a famous chapter in Ishayahu. It has been the uh, subject of much uh, Christian slash Jewish polemics and debate. Christians look at this chapter as if it is a reference or a um, prophecy regarding Jesus. Um, Jews have been interpreting this chapter arguably since the days it was written, about a thousand years, well, I guess about 900 years or so prior to the birth of, of a new religion, Christianity, in a completely different way. Um, and in order for people to fully understand this, I felt it was important to review and recap some of the primary issues that Ishayahu has been speaking about and teaching us for the last 52 chapters prior to 53, in order that we can be consistent and intellectually honest as we apply his teachings so that we fully understand what chapter 53 is talking about. Um, Rather than start off by reading chapter 53, I'm going to start off with this summary. Um, And in it, it it will also be an opportunity for us to summarize some of the most basic and most important ideas that Yeshayahu has been expressing and teaching us until now. And then we will go ahead and read chapter 53 in the next podcast and understand what the words mean and what ideas he's trying to express. So I'm going to lay out eight basic ideas and I'm going to go through some proofs. It's going to take some time, but I think it's important for us to go through this exercise so that we fully understand what's going on here. I'm going to emphasize before I even introduce these eight things, something that I've been emphasizing over and over again repeatedly, and I'm sorry if I'm saying this often, but I think this is crucial. <clears throat> that as with pretty much any book that you're interpreting, understanding context, understanding the flow and the connection between part A, part B, part C, etc., is crucial and, 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 and absolutely necessary to understanding what what the author of the book is trying to teach. Number two, Ishayahu specifically, but the prophets in general and the entire Torah in general, is can be looked at, interpreting it and translating it and understanding the message can be understood, in, in a sense, as an exercise in divining pronouns. What I mean is, who is speaking, who is he or she speaking to, and what is he or she speaking about, or they, for that matter? So, and in Yeshayahu, so many times in this podcast, if you've been paying attention, I've emphasized this and demonstrated how, by fully trying to understand when there's a me, or an I, or a speaker, or a they, or a them, an object of a conversation, or a he, or a she, or a we, or an us, etc., who is the speaker? This is extremely crucial to understanding Yeshayahu specifically in the words of the prophets in general. So now let's start. The eight ideas that Yeshayahu has, and I'm going to lay out eight categories, that Yeshayahu has been teaching us until now and pretty much trying to drive them into our heads 
as the message that he wants us to take back from his book. Now, there's a lot more than eight messages, of course, but I'm specifically referring to eight that are necessary for understanding the context of chapter 53. So I'm going to lay out the ideas, and then I'm going to go through uh, earlier uh, statements and, and task texts and verses in which Yeshayahu lays out these ideas. So that you, can, those of you that have been following until now can remember and understand how important these ideas are to Sheol. Number one, that the nations have, the, that the, Israel has been subjected to punishment and, and, and suffering and oppression from the nations surrounding her or the nations to which she was exiled. And one idea that has recurred, one theme that has recurred throughout this book is that although God punished the people of Israel and allowed the nations to, to oppress them, because of the sins of the people, which we'll get to in a minute. However, the nations took it upon themselves to perpetrate much more evil than that which the people deserved. In other words, God allowed the people to be placed into the hands of their oppressors, but the choice to oppress them even more and even harsher was a choice that those people made, not something that God decided the people deserved. That's number one, and I'm going to bring proof text to this in a minute. Number two, that that the reason that in that at some point in the end of time, there will be a time of justice, a time of reckoning, a time of judgment when all of the nations and all of the oppressors, not just of the people of Israel, but the oppressors of everyone, but specifically I'm talking about the people of Israel because of we're introducing chapter 53, which you'll understand soon enough. The nations will suffer and will be punished for the oppression that they perpetrated upon Israel. Punished in such a way that they will not be included in the final day of redemption. Those people and those nations that were responsible for that suffering. So that's number two. So again, number one, that the nations chose to punish them more than they deserved. And that was a choice that they made. And number two, that there will be a day of reckoning when those nations will be punished for that. Number three, God makes it clear that the reason why the people were put out there for suffering was because of their own sins. In other words, they were put in exile because they sinned, meaning the people of Israel. They were the, the oppression that they suffered and the fact that God allowed them was because they acted in an improper way and they did not keep God's Torah. So that's number three. Number four, that the in the in judgment day in the day of judgment at the end and the in the future times when all is set right it's going to include a significant reckoning for those that were oppressors and those that are arrogant specifically are singled out and those that through their own arrogance acted in in an oppressive way and without proper justice without acting righteously and so on they will suffer but the rest of the world those who are humble and those who who become faithful to God and get the message they will be redeemed during that future time when the entire world is redeemed um so that's number four in other words that the redemption will include punishing the arrogant nations but saving those that are humble and number five, which is very closely connected to number four, 
the idea that the humble in the future, all of the nations of the world will come to recognize God, worship Him, and be a part of that um, of that new world in which the entire world is focused in that singular focus. So that's so far five ideas. Six, that the nations throughout the time will will um. They don't understand the mysterious ways of God. They don't get it, and, and they don't understand why there is suffering of the righteous. Why is it, for example, that I stated before, if the Jewish people of Israel, for example, don't deserve the punishment that God is allowing them to meet out against them. In other words, like we said, God allowed the people to go into exile, but he never asked them to be punished to the extent that they were. So the nations of the world don't understand that. They don't get the fact that the ways of God are mysterious. So they're constantly looking for an explanation as to why is it then that the Jews are allowed to suffer so if not for the fact that they deserve it. However, Isaiah tries to pound into people's heads over and over and over again by bringing them the message of God that my ways are mysterious, my ways cannot be explained, but you have to trust me anyway that there is an ultimate path of justice. But God is making it clear that he allows people to make those choices. Idea number seven is the idea that God refers over and over and over again to Avdi Yaakov, my servant Jacob, my servant Israel, in a singular language, right? God constantly refers to the people of Israel as his servant in a singular language, discussing them as if they were a person, a single person. And then finally, idea number eight, that in the future time, when things all turn around, is the culmination of Israel bringing that message of God to the world, that message of God of righteousness and justice, the message of God of, of trust and faith in one God, and the message of God that one should be humble and not arrogant, and and it will be through the people of Israel that that message is brought to the entire world through which the entire world will be redeemed. That message, of course, was not just being brought at the end of times. It's something that the Jewish people were supposed to be doing throughout the period of exile and oppression. So these are the eight ideas. And I'm going to start going through the book of Yeshayahu just to bring out previous places where Yeshayahu mentions these ideas so that we can all fully understand and comprehend chapter 53 when we study it. Because I'm trying to limit the length of each and every one of these podcasts, I'm going to just quickly recap the eight ideas that I presented and then end this podcast as the introduction to 53 part 1. And then I'm going to do another podcast of Introduction to 53, Part 2, in which I am going to go through the source texts um, for 53. So if, if you want, you can listen to just this one. You can even skip the next one if you don't want to listen to the source texts. But if you want to hear the full development of these ideas, then it would be worthwhile to listen to Intro Part 2. So thank you for listening to Part 1. Looking forward to doing part two together with you shortly.